The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 13th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this morning comes from St. Luke, chapter 13, verses 22 through 30, and can be found in your pew Bible on page 1621. Luke records, Then Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. And someone asked him, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? And he said to them, Make every effort to enter through the narrow door, because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. And once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, Sir, open the door for us. But he will answer, I don't know you or where you come from. And then you will say, We ate and drank with you, and you taught in our streets. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you come from. Away from me, all you evildoers. There will be weeping there and gnashing of teeth. And when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves are thrown out. People will come from the east and the west and the north and the south and will take their places at the feast in the kingdom of God. And indeed, there are those who are last who will be first and the first who will be last. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. It's, uh, it's been a while since Luke told us in chapter 9, verse 51, He said, Jesus set his face to go to Jerusalem. And in case we have forgotten, the Holy Spirit inspired Luke to remind us in the gospel today that Jesus was teaching and journeying toward Jerusalem. That was in verse 22. And we know that Jesus had an appointment with a cross in Jerusalem. And as he made his way towards the cross, he spent his time proclaiming the kingdom of God in all of the towns and villages along the way. And as often happened to Jesus while he was teaching, there was a question. It says, someone in the crowd said to him, Lord, 
Will those who are saved be few? That's uh, English Standard Version. And that's Luke 13, 23. And so what we know by reading this passage from Luke is that he did not record any kind of trap or trick in his question, which he did when the Pharisees and the Sadducees scribes, they were trying to trick Jesus. You know, that's been the theme a lot each week. Well, there's no evidence of that. So we should give the benefit of the doubt that the question uh, and, and the way that he treated it, it was legitimate. It was a legitimate question. And I'm glad that question was asked. Someone really wanted to hear Jesus' teaching on the question. And very often, when a question like this is asked, there is an unasked question or component within it. The person who asked this question may really have wanted to know, am I one of the many or am I one of the few? Am I one of the saved or am I one of the lost? And if Jesus had answered this way and he didn't answer this way, but if he had said, oh, all kinds of people are going to be pouring into the kingdom. Well, a person could get the impression and might think to themselves, well then, there's a pretty good chance that I'm saved if all kinds of people are going to pour in. Now, on the other hand, if Jesus had answered only the most elite of the elite will enter, then it's possible that that person might say, my chances are pretty slim of getting in. And this question is really about the confidence that anyone could have in their salvation. That's the question in the question. And there are a few other things that we can notice about the question. One of the things is that the question is about somebody else. Just in case Jesus gave a discouraging answer, the questioner could always say, well, that's other people, that's not me. In the teaching of Jesus, they never, never leave us in a position where we can say that, that that's for somebody else. The teachings are for the benefit of all people. The teaching of, of benefits of Jesus are for all people in all places and in all times. And often, as it would happen, Jesus used this question or a question as a teaching moment, a teaching opportunity. And his response guided the questioner to change his approach to the question. The way that he directed him was this, don't focus on how many will be saved, Rather, instead, focus on the confidence of your salvation. It is better to ask, how can I be confident of my own salvation? And it's recorded that Jesus said to them, strive to enter through the narrow door, for many, I tell you, will seek to enter, and they will not be able. Luke 13 Verses 23 and 24. Now, 
the Greek word for strive um, is a root English word, or the root word in English of agony, striving, agony. And this word can also mean to fight, as the Apostle Paul encouraged Timothy to fight the good fight of the faith. And it can also mean struggle. It can mean that the struggle is continuous, that it's not something that happens once and then it's over. Rather, it is something that lasts a lifetime, striving to enter the narrow gate. Now, if somebody told me that I'm going to have to fight and struggle and strive, the next thing that I would expect to come from his mouth would be, how do I fight, struggle, or strive? And instead of giving that information, Jesus talked about the kind of struggling that does not work. When once the master of the house had risen and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and to knock at the door saying, Lord, open to us, then he will answer you, I do not know where you came from. Verse 26, it says, Then you will begin to say, We ate and we drank in your presence, and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know where you come from. Depart from me, all you workers of evil. And this is a description of the horror of eternity. Eternity without Christ. Because it is only after it is too late, after the door is shut, that these people, these poor souls, they realize their mistake. They are on the wrong side of the door. Instead of being inside at the eternal feast of the master, they are outside. And what's worse is the master doesn't even recognize them. And when they learn of their terrible mistake, they try to make a case. They try to make a case for the master to open the door and let them in. They begin to say, hey, we ate and drank in your presence, and you taught in our streets. And apparently they believe that just being in the master's presence gave them the right to enter into the banquet. However, instead of making their case for them, these words actually condemn them. Because with these words, they admit that the master gave them every opportunity to hear him. And they heard him teach at the table while they ate and they drank. And they heard him teach in the streets. And they had every opportunity to be inside the door. But they rejected. They rejected the master's teaching. They were with him and they heard him. But they did not listen. And only after it's too late do they realize the consequences of their mistake. 
So what is the basic nature of their mistake? Well, their mistake is that they were looking to themselves, that they thought that the master should open the heaven because they had gone through all the motions. They thought that they had earned heaven in their own actions, in their own actions. And Jesus said, strive to enter through the narrow gate. Now what could Jesus possibly mean when he tells us to fight or struggle or strive to get in through the narrow door? I mean, what, what, what does that mean? Well, the first thing is that we should understand, and this is very important, the first thing we need to understand is that this is an instruction that we cannot do ourselves. We just can't do it. When Jesus speaks to you and he says, strive to enter through the narrow door, he is in fact asking you to do something that is impossible. You just can't do it. He is giving you a commandment that you cannot keep. Now, in Luther's small catechism, in the section uh, in regards to the creed, some of you might have uh, memorized this in, in uh, catech- or your catechism, your, your, your confirmation class. Um, I've, I find that much of what I did memorize isn't there anymore. I don't know. The file's lost. But um, I'll read it for you. In the third article, it says, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, and the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting Amen. And in Luther's small catechism, it's got with answers. And I love these because it says this. What does that mean? Well, it means that I believe that I cannot on my own, on my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. I can't do it on my own. The Holy Spirit empowers me to do it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Takes the pressure off. I receive. I am led by the Spirit. And in the same way, the explanation continues, he calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth and keeps it with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. In this Christian church, he daily and richly forgives all my sins and the sins of all believers. And on the last day, he will raise me and all the dead and give eternal life to me and all believers in Christ. This is most certainly true. Point. When it comes to salvation, God does A-L-L, all, all of the work. These words of Martin Luther tell us that God the Holy Spirit even creates and maintains the faith that receives God's salvation. And when Jesus says, strive to enter through the narrow door, he is giving you an impossible task. 
And you cannot, on your own reason or strength, strive to enter through the narrow door. But because it is the Word of God and because the Holy Spirit has promised, He has promised to work through the Word of God, the Holy Spirit will produce this striving in you. And that the striving that Jesus speaks of is the work that the Holy Spirit does in you when he calls you by hearing the gospel and performs the miracle of faith in you. The men and the ladies in Bible study know when I pray, I pray to the Holy Spirit to do the gospel to the hearers. That's what I mean. That through this word, that the, if I get out of his way, that the Holy Spirit will use that word to strengthen your faith and to nourish you and to enable you to go through that narrow gate. He works in you to produce repentance as you confess your sin and trust in Christ for forgiveness. And with that forgiveness, with that forgiveness comes salvation and eternal life. Now the struggle, the struggle that we all feel comes because our old sinful nature hates the work of the Holy Spirit in us. And when the Holy Spirit works faith in you, you become a battleground in the war that the evil one wages against God. It's, in fact, you join the Apostle Paul as he mourns over his sin, saying, I don't understand my own actions, for I do the things that I don't want to do. Kind of got that mixed up. I don't do the things I want to do, but I find myself doing the things that I hate. Paul struggled with that. You and I live the life of repentance that Martin Luther described in the first of his 95 theses when he wrote, when our Lord and Master Jesus Christ said, repent, he willed the entire life of believers to be one of repentance daily. Repent and be absolved. Repent and be forgiven. This is the struggle that comes when the Holy Spirit moves you through the narrow door into eternal life. And Jesus said, once again, strive to enter through the, the narrow door. And his words teach us that the door to eternal life is open. He himself opened it when he kept his appointment on the cross. As he, as he hung on that cross in agony for you, he opened that door. And the blood that he shed, it forgives you all of your sin, and it gives you eternal life. And it earns you a place to recline at the table of the kingdom of God. In Christ's resurrection, there is the promise that you too shall, shall rise. And he has proceeded to he preceded you in order to prepare your place as he promised. He made that promise that if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again 
and I will take you to myself, and where I am, you may be also. And then he says, you shall be among the people who will come from the east and the west and the north and the south and recline at the table of the kingdom of God. Again, strive to enter through the narrow door. The truth is that it is now open. But there is a day, there is a day coming when just as Christ rose to open the door, he will rise to close it. And the door will close for many today. And as death takes them from this world to the next, the truth is, someday it will close for you. And someday it will close for me. And the question is, that we all ask, is which side of the door will I be on? Unfortunately, the answer to that question doesn't depend on you. It doesn't depend on us. Imagine just how blessed we are that Jesus Christ saved humanity in all times and in all places. Imagine how blessed we are that the Holy Spirit delivers that salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. He delivers it to humanity in all times and in all places to those who believe. And for as Christ's saving work extends back to the time of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets, it also extends forward to include all of us, all who believe. For as God's word and his sacraments spread from Jerusalem to the east and the west and the north and the south, so also people will come from east and west and from north and south, and they will recline at the table in the kingdom of heaven. And that even includes people who come from Illinois and California. So it is thanks. Thanks be to the Father who gives us the kingdom. Thanks be to Christ who strove for us on the cross and opened the door through which we enter the kingdom. And it is thanks be to the Holy Spirit who enlightens and sanctifies us so that we can strive to enter through that narrow door. In the name of Jesus, amen.